Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. Everybody know who Hunter Cooper is? Yes, he's an awesome young man. Who's your favorite superhero, Hunter? Oh, there's a bunch of them. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's not Batman. It's not Batman. Well, here you get this then. <laughs> Hunter's new favorite super—not new, excuse me. I'm not even gonna say that. Josh, would you be Batman? I'm not sure. I'll give them just a second to uh, to get ready. Uh, it's not Batman. That threw me for a loop right there because I knew I had Hunter. So, so anyway, we'll, 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 we'll get that straightened out later. But uh, God has been dealing with me for a little bit. Uh, on a message, you know, and it's it's geared more towards the younger crowd, uh, not, you know, it just depends on how young you feel, because it's geared towards me also, but, uh, you know, does everybody know, I was, and I promise you, I've had this message, and it's been just pieces and coming into my mind, and I would jot it down in my phone and everything, and uh, it's been happening for two, three weeks, maybe just a tad longer, but when God gives you something, you know, you don't just let it pass on by, you know, you want to write it down, you want to, you want to take care of it, you want to nurture it, you want it to look in the word and see what it's all about, you know, he's, he's not ever giving you anything just to give it to you, and just so you can be funny, or just so you can get up here and have a big altar call, or anything like that, it's always to give glory to God, because it's, it's not ever about us because we are just here for a short time and we try to make the biggest impact that we can but who's here after we're gone is God and Jesus you know and, and it's your legacy and it's your children and things like that so you want to do the best that you can while you're here and so while I was studying for this and and uh, does, does anybody know that Adam West he died two days ago. That surprised me. I just saw that yesterday. But two days ago, Adam West died. And, and my whole message this morning is, you know, it's, it's basically a comparison between Jesus and Batman. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you're thinking, yeah. So... And you would think there's really no comparison there. You know, God is eternal and he's all this. And Batman is all this. There he's. Let me, just one second. What's your name? I'm Batman. There you go. There you go. You missed your chance, Hunter. You missed your chance. Let me get my notes flipped out here. And, and if you remember, like... Maybe a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, Brother Timmy, Evangelist Timmy, was having troubles with his computer and stuff, and he brought his computer up here. Well, yesterday, I wasn't having computer troubles, but I printed out my rough draft, and Nicholas was there, and, and I was like, yes, Nicholas, because uh, it was the last bit of paper that I had in there. Well, I did, I, I keep a stash over here. Well, my stash, I didn't know it till this morning, but my stash was empty. So, so I'm going off incomplete notes today, but, you know, we'll work it out. My wife, I was texting her, and, you know, something was coming up, and she said, we want to hear what's in your spirit anyway. So maybe, maybe that's what's happening. I, I'm not sure. What's your name again? Batman. Yeah. It never gets old. It never gets old. Batman is one of America's biggest. I'm going to have to read quite a bit through this, but it'll be okay. Uh, 
Batman's one of America's biggest superheroes, and it's, excuse me, Superman. Superman. Now, he, Superman is always, in me, in me apparently, Josh, too, Superman has always been up there as the top superhero that has ever lived. And I don't know what changed. I don't know if it's generations or whatever. I don't know if it's TV bringing it out. I, I do not know what happened. But somehow, Batman snuck his way in there, and he's trying to take over that number one spot. He may even actually have taken over the number one spot. I don't know. But I know he's got lots of TV shows and lots of actors and all this stuff. So, and he's got lots of uh, just the things that come with it. You know, the stuff they try to sell you to make you Batman and all this stuff. So, if you remember back in the story, when Batman was very, very young, his parents died. Okay? So, you know, that's a little backstory. And his parents died and he grew up, I don't really know who, I guess Alfred raised him or somebody. And uh, so he was just raised. And then out of that, he, became, he wanted to rid the city of Gotham of crime, you know. And that all stemmed from his parents being mugged in front of a movie theater a uh, long, long, long time ago back when he was young. Now, he's full grown now. He's a man. He's got complicated schemes. Uh, he's got the Batmobile. He's got a cave. He's got all this stuff. So this is what makes him Batman. But what actually made him Batman was the death of his parents. And it always comes back to that, you know. Uh, that set the course of his life. So, so from then on, you know, in his adult life, Batman, he, uh, he battles villains. It doesn't matter what kind of villain. Batman can handle them. You know, uh, it doesn't matter if they're deformed. You know, if they've got two faces. doesn't matter if they've got anger issues. It just doesn't matter if they just want to tell jokes all the time. It doesn't matter what they are. You know, if, if you can put a riddle and spin somebody's mind with it, well, he can conquer that too. You know, I never really understood how a riddle could be so bad that you just need to fight it with a superhero. But apparently it is. And probably because I can't solve riddles. I don't know. But so don't try to trick me. All right. Now, we've, we've kind of set who Batman is. We set where he came from. Now we need to figure out how do you get to Batman. Does anybody in here know how do you get to Batman? There's two ways that I know of. Shine the light. How else? The bat phone? I didn't think about the bat phone. <laughs> well, let me, let me go. Let me just say the first step... <laughs> The first step, you have to be in trouble. If you're walking the streets and you're doing whatever it is you do, you're out there shopping or doing whatever, you're just having a picnic with your family, and you get into trouble, somehow Batman shows up, and he's always going to be there, and he's going to save the day, you know, So, but nobody ever wants to be in trouble, so you're hoping Batman's not around because if you look around and see him, chances are there's a gun pointed at you somewhere. Now, and as they mentioned, you have, if you are the police commissioner, you can shine that big light up there. It's the bat light, and it shines in the clouds, and Batman sees it, and he knows to come, and he knows somebody's in trouble, and he's like, here I am to save the day, you know. I, I know that's not Batman. That's Mighty Mouse. But, <laughs> but, but see, Miss Lynetta, most of these people didn't even know about Mighty Mouse. Me and you, that's our inside thing. So, and so, well, she's, she's with me, but, uh, yes, so, then you've got, what is your name? Don't say a D. What is it? Oh, Jesus. All right. Yeah. We'll get name tags later on. All righty. So, again, you're thinking, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I told you it's going to be a comparison between Jesus and Batman. Can y'all come one hundred, I mean, yeah, hundred if you just sit up here and uh, Josh, if, I mean, Batman and Jesus, yeah. So if you, if you look at them, you know, they're, they're both big, strong men, you know, they, they can do anything you need them to do. But you're not looking at them as Hunter and Josh, you're looking at them as Batman, uh, you almost said Robin, Batman and Jesus. <laughs> All right. 
So you're looking at them as these two. Now we're going to compare them. So I'm just going to stand back here for a second. I'm going to read a couple things, and I want you to look at them. And we're going to start with Batman. All right. And these, again, these are not referring to Josh and Hunter or Jesus and Batman. They're refer- I'm lost. They're referring, they're referring to Batman and Jesus, okay? Now, we'll start with Batman. Batman over here. Batman is single. Does everybody know Batman is single? He's not married, anything like that. He's single. I don't think he's married, is he? (laughs) So then you've got Jesus. Jesus is not married. Now, okay, I know you're thinking the bride and the groom and all that. Jesus is not married. On 33 years, he never got married. All right. Now, Batman, and we're comparing the two. You've got to remember we're comparing Batman, he's got a magazine. You know, you flip, it's probably 12, 13 pages long. Batman has a magazine. People pick it up all the time. They read it and they read it. Now, Jesus has a book. You know, it's a whole bunch of pages. Batman over here, he's got a, he's got a plot that is for the day, and he'll solve that crime for the day. But Jesus over here, his book is for eternity. Anything that you need in there, he's got. Anything that you need, you can pull out there. If you flip from the first page to the last page, uh, if you've got a trouble, it's solved. If you've got, if you want to just praise him, it's in there. You can praise him all day. If you want to find out how to find a wife, it's in there. If you want to find out how to get a man, it's in there. It doesn't say just go down the street. No, it tells you things to do, steps to do. And you can find your husband and your wife. You can find the right timing to buy a new car. You can find the time to raise your children up. You know, you can tell them how to go. It doesn't matter where you go in this book. It'll tell you what to do and how to do it. But now if you just go to the little 13-page magazine of Batman, well, it's going to tell you how to defeat this one villain one time for today. Now, already. Now, these are resemblances, and I, I kind of separated them there, but they're resemblances. All right, now, remember the backstory of Batman. Batman overcame the death of his parents, you know, uh, to grow up and be a super crime fighter. You know, that's what molded him. That's what made him. That's what shaped him up. It set the course of his life. It set him to working out. It set him to training. It set him into building all these gadgets for his belt and everything else it, it's what made him need a batmobile and all this stuff it's all because of the death of his parents that's what made him who he is all right now on the other hand you've got this fellow over here he overcame death completely it wasn't death it wasn't death that could hold him back but death kind of set this tone for the rest of his time you know he he knew what he was coming to do when he was getting ready to die and he came here and he overcame death so in, in that same respect, death shaped what he was doing here on earth because he knew his time was limited. He knew he was going back to the Father. You know, he knew all these things. So death set the course or helped set the course of this man's life. And what's this man's name? Jesus. Jesus. That's right. Jesus. All right. And Jesus loved his parents. Well, let me, uh, excuse me, Batman. Batman loved his parents. If he didn't love them, it wouldn't have mattered if they died. Uh, is it's just a relationship that all all people have with your parents. You love them, and I, I know there's some strained ones out there and everything. But for the most part, you're gonna love your parents. You're gonna respect what they did for you. It doesn't it doesn't matter if you got a whooping when you were ten for going across the road after dark. It doesn't matter. You still love your parents. All right, now Jesus, he loves his heavenly Father. And he says in there, he says, I don't do anything that I don't see my father do. That's because he loves and respects him. He knows what he's after. He knows what his plan is. He knows what he wants to do, and he knows how he wants to do it. And he still loves his father, even though even though he has this heaven and he's got this earth, even though there's uh, the devil, even though there's angels, even though all this stuff, Jesus knows what his father was after, and he's going to, he's going to, stick with that and he's going to go forward to that and he's going to promote that he's going to promote everything that his father did and everything that his father wants so he loves his father and he loved his earthly mother and father too you know he went with them wherever they went uh when they scolded him for staying back in the village 
forgot the name of the village, but when he was young and a kid, you know, they went off like two or three, I think two days ride without him. And they came back and they kind of said, you know, come with us. Well, we all know Jesus. And, you know, later on in life, they said, hey, if you are the son of God, bring down all these angels and get you off the cross. You know, bring, you know, he can bring wrath. He can do anything. But he didn't do that to his parents because he knew that he loved them. He knew that he was still under their, what you call it? They were bringing him up, whatever that word would be. They were raising him. So he loved his family. He loved his mother and father. Now, all right, let me go on from that one. Batman. He comes out at night, and he fights criminals. Well, <laughs> fights criminals. Now, now, this is what Batman does. He just fights criminals. You know, uh, Bruce Wayne doesn't fight criminals. Batman does. You know, we know it's the same person, but he, he goes under, uh, is that a pseudonym or alias or whatever? Alias. He goes under alias and fights crime. You know, uh, he does a good job at it. You know, it, it may take him 12 pages to get there, but on that 13th page, he's got him whooped and in handcuffs. So he does a real good job. Now, on the other hand, you've got Jesus over here fighting demons and principalities every day of, that would go on. I mean, it, it doesn't get any harder than that. They don't get any uglier than that. They don't get any bigger than that. It doesn't matter who you are. You've, get, you've had them in your life. Hopefully, they're not there anymore. But at one time, you had to overcome something. And, you know, and this guy right here did it. He helped you to do it, you know. He got you to the altars. He got you delivered, whatever, however you want to look at it. This man right here fights demons each and every day of his life. Yes, yes, and he is alive, by the way. Yes, come. Alrighty. Now, we've kind of seen how they're alike. You know, they've got the same things going on. So let's look at the ways that they're different. And I've got a few of these here. I'm going to read these too, you know. Uh, Batman, we talked earlier if you need to call Batman, you just sign that big light up in the sky and he's going to come running. Well, you've got Jesus over here who is the light. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you need him, he's already there. You know, he's just, he is the light. He's, there's no darkness around him. So Batman over here, he's got a Batmobile. He cruises around town. He chases bad guys and all that. He's got a Batmobile. Well, this guy over here, Jesus, he's got a white horse and he's coming back on it one day. And you'll see that white horse coming down out of the sky, and you'll be thinking, here comes my Savior. I'm going for him. I'm getting him. Yes, God, yes, Lord. All righty. Now, Jesus, I mean, Batman, again, he works with the people. He works with Commissioner Gordon. He works with all these other people. Uh, you know, he just, he needs help. He's got to get intelligence. He's got to get somebody over here to watch this guy while he goes and has dinner at the, the Wayne Mansion and stuff. He needs people to accomplish his goal. Uh, he works with them. Let me let me rephrase that. He works with them. Now, Jesus over here, he's got the same agenda. He's trying to fight things. He's trying to do this. But he works through people. He doesn't work with them. He works through people. He works through you. He works through me. He works through pastors. He'll work through Batman if he needs to. It doesn't matter. But there's there's two differences. One, he works with he works with the people, and he works through the people. And, you know, you can resist him. But why would you want to? I mean, why why on earth would you want to resist Jesus? Alrighty. Now, Batman, and my message is a two-part message, by the way. We'll, we'll shift gears here shortly in a little bit. But Batman right now, you know where he lives. He lives in a cave. He doesn't want anybody to find him, you know. He hides out underground. You know, some, some that he drives into the cliff, but the wall comes up, and then it comes right back down. You know, you, you can't find him. You'll drive by that castle every day and never, ever see where he's at. But Jesus, on the other hand, he lives in heaven, and he wants everybody to know where he's at. He wants you to come find him. He says, hey, come live with me over in my kingdom. You can be here. And I, it's, you never have to turn on the lights anywhere you go because the lights are here. I am the light. I am the life. I am the way. So Jesus wants you to come into his life. He wants you to be with him. He wants you to find him. He, if you're seeking, he wants you to find him. Even if you're not seeking, he wants you to find him. He wants you to come and, and say, hey, Jesus, I love you. I want to be with you. Yes, God. Now, Batman. Batman. He, uh, 
he wears a costume. We know that his name is Bruce Wayne, but we know that he wears a costume to hide his identity because he doesn't want anybody to know who he is. So it's just a big cover-up. It's a big cover-up. But Jesus, on the other hand, he told you who he is. He wrote a book to tell you who he is. He wrote a book to tell you how to get to him. Oh, my goodness. Goodness, goodness, goodness. All right. Now, Batman. My Batman is lacking because I didn't have the forethought to get him a belt, a utility belt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but Batman wears a utility belt full of gadgets and batarangs and probably the bat phone and everything else, you know. Uh, he's got all these cool little gadgets. Uh, he wants more gadgets for his utility belt. But Jesus, on the other hand, he wants more people. He doesn't care about gadgets. He doesn't care about fidget spinners. He doesn't care about anything else but you and me. He cares about the people. He cares about your life. He cares about your salvation. It doesn't, nothing else matter because that's what he came here for. He came here to save the lost, to heal the sick, to heal the blind. Yes, it doesn't matter what else is going on. He wants you. He is here for you. And he's here for me. Now, and, and Batman. Batman, you know, you always see him at night. And that's why they can shine that light because it's at nighttime. And if you want to see Batman, you're going to see him at night. You'll see Bruce Wayne in the day and Batman at night. So he works in the cover of darkness. But over here you've got Jesus, and he is the light. There is no darkness around him. as You know, they can't coincide. So whenever he's around, then the bad things are going away. You know, they'll be like, eek, I'm leaving. So, you know, he is the light. So each, oh, my goodness. Even the superheroes, you know, you think everything is based on something. You know, there's no... I hate to say it, but if you watch TV and movies, there's no original ideas in TV. There's, there's nothing. So, you know, they've got similarities, similarities, and I don't think Batman was based on Jesus. I don't think that at all. But there's similarities. Every superhero is trying to be the best that they can be, but they can never be the best that there is, the best that there will ever be. So it, it doesn't matter the similarities. It doesn't matter that they had the same mother. It doesn't matter that one wears white and one wears dark. There's only one true God. And there's only one true king. There's only one salvation, that, only one way to get salvation. And this through this man right here. You know, just invite him into your heart and thing. You know, just, there's nothing that can top it. Batman can't top it. Superman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, it doesn't matter. Nothing that the world has to offer can get you to where you need to go. So let's give a big hand to the Batman and Jesus up here. I thank you for your help. Y'all did an awesome job. So, so you know, if you think there's, there's superheroes and then there's ordinary people every day, you know, and you can get saved by somebody ordinary or you can get saved by Jesus because there's, there's no other way. I just don't know how to say it any other than that. But there's no other way. You can't get saved by Batman. You may get saved for a minute, but, but you're not saved for eternity. So, you know, it's got to transition into something. You know, in, in the caterpillar and the butterfly, the, the caterpillar gets turned into the butterfly. You know, he's, he's just a worm here for a little while. And then all of a sudden, he goes into this little cocoon, and he comes out a big, beautiful butterfly. And everybody loves the butterfly, but you don't see. You ever see one of them glass things, that they, the old, in, I guess, I don't know, a museum or something, whatever? They'll put the display case up, and they'll have the butterfly pinned to the thing, you know. Have you ever seen one with the worms pinned in there? <laughs> nah. Don't nobody care about the worms. They want the new you. They want that's. The worm is ordinary. The butterfly is extraordinary, you know. So there's ordinary people out there every day. You know, me and I don't matter. I don't matter. It's the Jesus in me that matters. So, so just keep that in mind. And we're going to shift gears here for a second. And, uh, excuse me. So if, would you turn to Luke 4 and 18 with me? Now, we've talked about Batman, and we've talked about 
you know, kind of being saved. But what we haven't talked about is what you do after you get saved. Because in the magazine, in Batman's magazine, when they save somebody, well, it's over. Then you're waiting till the next week or month, however often they come out. You're waiting till the next magazine to, for somebody else to get saved. But it never says what the people do after they get saved. So what are you supposed to do? You're just supposed to walk around, get groceries, and live your life, I guess. You know, I mean, you've been saved by Batman, but he doesn't come to your house for dinner. He's not, he's not over there raising, he's not the godparent of your kids or nothing. You know, uh, what do you do after you get saved? We've got a lot of people that have just been saved recently, you know, within the last few months, six months, a year, two years, whatever. You know, what do you do now? Or do you just come to church every Sunday, Pastor Sativa, and, and sit here and just listen to somebody preach? Hey, somebody said no out there. <laughs> That's right. No, you got to do something. Because if, let's just say Pastor Casey. Pastor Casey is, he, I'm going to watch him. Pastor Casey is very intelligent. But if he didn't do anything with it, it wouldn't be any good to him. It wouldn't be any good to us. He'd just be smart. And we probably wouldn't even know it. You know, we, we'd be like, that guy's over there sucking his thumb. But he's like, I got a 360 IQ, you know. It just, I don't know. But, but if Pastor Casey sat up here every week and he just, let's just say he read uh, chapter 4, verse 16, he said, And he came to Nazareth where he had brought up and was his custom. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. You don't get much out of that. But Pastor Casey, being the smart person he is, he knows he's got to go into the Spirit. And he's got to find out what, what God wants for you that day. You know, it, it, doesn't take, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out because we know that. But it takes somebody dedicated and somebody that's willing to give the time to figure that out and bring it to you. Because you and I, we're out there doing other things and, you know, we're not digging as deep into the Word as maybe we should. Uh, we're, not, we're not going, we're not using our gift. I'll just say that. And some of us are, you know, and some of us will be, and some of us have been. You know, it's, I'm just speaking in general. I'm just trying to show you that, that there's a reason I don't even know what I was trying to say, so let me just move on from there. But I do know I was trying to say there's something that we're supposed to be doing after we get saved. That's where I was going. You know, uh, we're supposed to be using the gift that God gave us, and he gave us what? Salvation. He gave us salvation. Now, now salvation is mine. That's for me. I got saved for me. I didn't get saved for Apostle Angie. I didn't get saved for Pastor Casey, Elder Robert, Evangelist Timmy. I didn't get saved for any of them. For Elder Dana, I didn't get saved for them. I got saved for me. But now I can just come to church every Sunday. I can sit on the pew. I can. Here's a good example. Uh, when Pastor Eileen, we were fixing to get these new windows. And she said, do you want... This is smoked. She says, do you think we should get smoked glass or do you think we should just get the tinted windows that, uh, where we can see out but they can't see in? And I said, well, it depends on who's preaching that day. <laughs> so you see, we got smoked glass. So That's just the way I am, I suppose. But we got smoked glass. So if, if Pastor Pinson came up here each and every time and just read something. Because we can all read it. And we can all read a math book. We can all read a spelling book. We can all read the Bible. But if you've got somebody that's up here in the spirit that has sought God all week, that is trying to deliver God's word that he wants you to have, then you're not going to be worried about looking out the windows. You're going to be worried about who's up here. You're going to be listening with your ears. You're going to be listening with your spirit. You're going to be taking it all in the most that you can because you're going to want to take this and you're going to want to apply it to your life. And that's what you're going to be doing after you get saved. You know, before I got saved, I couldn't care what Jesse DePlantis preached on. It didn't matter to me. I didn't care what Benny Hinn preached on. I didn't care what Billy Graham preached on. I did not care because I was not saved. 
but now that I am saved, I know that there's power in those words, and I want to hear it. I want to hear it. You know why? Because I can take those words, and I can go out every Tuesday, and I can go to street ministry, and I can apply that to the people over here. When I knock on this door and somebody says I'm hungry, I can apply that. I can, I can say, here's $10, but let me pray with you. You know, let me work with you. Let me help you out. You know, let me do whatever it takes. You know, I can, I can go to the hospital, and this person says, hey, I'm not feeling real well. You know, I'm, I'm here. I've got all these monitors hooked up to me, but something's still just not right. I can pray for that person person i can come in i can come into that room and i can take authority over any enemy any devil any sickness i can bind it i can cast it i can loose it i can do all these things because when i get saved i know that i'm not just supposed to sit here and do nothing that there's something that's out there for me to do each and every person has a call shane you've got a call coda you've got a call brandy you've got a call your call's not going to be the same as mine miranda you're going to be doing something completely different from me it's not going to be the same. Brother Floyd, your call may be to help Past Apostle Angie and Pastor Casey with the revival. It's not to help me with the revival. I'm just here to make sure the doors get locked on time. You know, but, but every call is important, and every duty is important because they all mesh together, and they work together. I remember one time, it's been a long, long time ago, I preached a message about what people see on the outside and what we see on the inside. And I used Brother Bob as one of my examples. I said, people drive by, and they see him all the time. Every week, he's out there mowing the yard, mowing the yard, mowing the yard. So when people uptown see Brother Bob, they think, there's the yard boy. But in, in, the, in, the, house, in the house of God, where it's really important, we saw him carrying the oil. And I've never forgot that, Brother Bob. Never forgot. So what are we supposed to do after we get saved? Let's look at Luke 4 and 18. The Spirit of the Lord upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent... Can somebody read that? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Thank you. Now this is Jesus talking, right? Right. It's in red. Even though I've got it highlighted in pink in my Bible, it's actually red under there. All right, so we're going to take the first two little parts of that, and we're going to see what he's, we're going to just kind of break it down here. Preach the gospel to the poor and heal the brokenhearted. Now, healing the brokenhearted, let's just use the surface example. If this woman breaks up with this man, and, you know, they're, they're just dating, and uh, they break up. Well, I, you know, this other guy comes over here, and he says, hey, I sure am sorry you and your man broke up. You want to go eat? You want to go to the movies? You know, that is not healing the brokenhearted. It's not healing them at all. You know, that is taking advantage of the situation. And, you know, healing the brokenhearted has a whole different meaning than that. You know, sure she's brokenhearted and sure you're trying to help, but are you trying to help her or are you trying to help yourself? Because that's, that's two different things that I'm seeing going on here. You know, you just, that's not what God intended when he says preach to, and heal the brokenhearted. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's not. And you know what that means. You know what it means. If you've got a deep hurt, if you've been hurt since you was young, young, it, you don't have, it doesn't have to be since you was young. You could have got hurt yesterday very, very deeply. But you can come. And you can come to these altars. You can come on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know. And we will heal that broken heart right there. Pastor has healed many of them. Julie's healed many of them. Uh, just different prayer warriors here have healed many of them. Many, many, many. I've been healed. My broken heart has been healed. You know, something devastating happened to me in the church one time. And Pastor Pinson, you know, it just, it was my fault. But anyway. Pastor Pinson came down to my house one day with a plate of brownies, you know, and it wasn't it wasn't because she needed to. It's because she just wanted to heal my broken heart. 
and it worked. And it wasn't just the brownies. We had a little talk, but, but the brownies made me smile. Just, so, yeah. so that's healing the brokenhearted. It's not working on your relationship with somebody else on a surface level. It's not that at all. What it is is working on the deep level, working in the depths of your spirit, working on your, your, your heart down deep, you know, somewhere that nobody else sees what's going on, but you know and God knows. You know, that's, that's what this is about. That's what the altars are about, healing the brokenhearted. And you got to preach the good news. That's, that's the other thing. you got to preach the gospel. And, I, you know, uh, let me read that. Let's see if I can. Preach the gospel to the poor. Uh, because let me start over the spirit of the lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and the best example i could think of that we can all get behind is apostle angie you know we know that she preaches here she she preached here for many 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 years uh we know that she preached in hamburg we know that she's preached in fountain hill she's preached other places but that takes care of the county now i know that she's preached in little rock and other places so that takes care of the state i know that she's preached in chicago and I, there's other places too and i was so that takes care of the country but then i know that she's preached in honduras and i know that she's preached in uh, africa so that takes care of the world so that's what she's doing after she got saved she's not just staying in one place she's taking the gospel to anywhere that'll let her go and that's what he's talking about right here. After you're saved, you've got work to do. There's things to be done for the kingdom of God. And it's not just sitting around on the video game playing Frogger or something like that. You've got to go and you've got to preach the gospel. You've got to let them know because a lot of them don't know. And a lot of them that thought they knew, they don't really understand what they know. And they don't understand what they missed. And, and if you do like we was talking about earlier, how pastors will get up here and they'll seek the word of God over the message. God's not going to give them just a message. He's going to give them a message for you. It's not, the message is not for them. It's not for them at all. They may receive something out of it, but God knows what the church needs. The church belongs to God. The church belongs to Jesus, and he wants, you to, he wants it to flourish. He wants it to take off and rise above all the other things, and that's why that we are where we're at now because we have pastors and apostles and evangelists that take care of that. And they know how to do this. And they've been taught these things. It doesn't come natural. I didn't, I didn't get saved and say, I'm going to preach over there tonight. Mm -mm. No, I didn't. Because I didn't even know them people. you know. And they don't know me. They probably still don't know me. But oh well. But if the opportunity comes up, I'll be there. And so, with my incomplete notes and everything. So, <laughs> but they may get half a message that night. But... That maybe they'll invite me back again. I don't know. <laughs> Hear the rest of it. All righty. So the next part, preach deliverance to the captives. And this is all in just one verse now, one verse. And Jesus said it, so you know it's got to be good. Not that the other 762 pages aren't good. But preach deliverance to the captives. All right, so we're going we're gonna, to, I think there's three sections or four sections. I don't know what I've got. But we're going to break it down each section. Preach deliverance to the captives. Now, when I was studying this, you know, we all know about getting them out of the bondage and all this stuff. But I was just kind of, I hate to say the word study. I'm not a good studier. You know, I, the revel I'll just say the revelation came to me. I don't know. It may not be a revelation to you. But deliverance, if I'm going to deliver somebody out of captivity, I'm taking them from over here and I'm putting them over here. I'm just basically transitioning something from one place to another. If it's a soul, I'm transitioning them from the darkness to the light. If it's somebody that's hurting, I'm taking them from the place that, where they're hurting to the place where they can seek, see the love and the goodness and everything. And, the, you know, the light will shine down and everything will be ro roses. You know, I'm transitioning something. I'm transitioning myself. And after I get through transitioning myself, or even during the process, I want to help somebody else get transitioned. And that's what this says. It says, don't let anybody beside you stay where they're at. Bring them on up. Bring them along with you. If you can't pull them up, just drag them. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be good at what you're doing. Just let God work through you. Because he, he knows what he's doing. You know, he's got it. He's done it before. He can do it again as Pastor Cindy sings, you know. She sings that so well. 
but it's a it's a transition and you know it's deliverance is a transition you're bringing them out of bondage and you're bringing them into freedom my goodness my goodness <coughs> now, now look uh one of my examples in here let me let me go back up let me, give me just one second Ooh, yeah i miss i left out a lot of stuff All right. Now, when you when you need to transition to something, when you need deliverance of something, you don't go to Batman. You go to Jesus, because Batman handles certain things, and Jesus handles everything. Now, so to get you transition, so you'll come to the altars, and you'll pray about something, and you'll you'll find guidance and stuff there. But at these altars here, I can't speak for every church, but at these altars here, there's people that'll meet you there. You've got uh, Sister Charlotte that's the head intercessor. You've got Elder Barbara that's up here almost every day. You know, I see her car, and they tried to trick me. They swapped cars, but now I've done figured out what she drives. But she's up here all the time. We've got all kinds of people that are up here all the time. Elder Robert's here all the time. Pastor Casey, Apostle Angie, Elder Dana. You know, all your, all your people are up here all the time. And what they're doing is they're getting ready. They're getting ready for the moment when you walk in and you need help. They're getting ready for that moment when your friend has asked you something and you can't really figure it out. You don't know how to help them. They're getting ready. So when you come in, hopefully it'll be a quick work. Because nobody wants to drag anything out for a long time. We want to get it over as soon as we can. Because we want to be transitioned. I mean, really, you know. As, as they say, we are the microwave generation. Jesus, Jesus didn't lag around. When he said come out, something came out. And you know why that happened? Because he was praying all the time. He was praying all the time. And sometimes when you transition, if you move from here, and you come over here, well, it takes you just a minute to get acclimated. you got to figure out what your, what your new role is, what you, what you can do now. You know, uh, you may have been praying, Lord, I lay me down to sleep, pray my soul to keep. And now you're over here trying to get something out. You're trying to get to the root of something. You've got to figure out how to do that. So you're going to be watching these people over here. You're going to be joining in. You're going to be reading the Word. You're going to be studying. You're going to be like watching videos of preachers and things. You're going to be trying to do more than what you used to do. And sometimes that's hard. And let me give you an example because it's, it's hard. When you haven't done anything, sometimes it's just scary and sometimes it's outside of your abilities a little bit. But sometimes you just don't really know what's going on. Do y'all know who the Beverly Hillbillies are, everybody? Do y'all remember? They transitioned from this little bitty shack over here, and they went to this great big thing. And it was hard on them to get acclimated. They kept hearing this noise. And like, There's that noise again. There's that somebody. Every time that noise goes off, somebody's at the door. You know, and they could not figure it out. They had not fully transitioned to one spot from the other. They had, they had the house, but they still wore the clothes. They still had that mindset. It just, that's what the altars are for. It brings you up. It brings you up. There's no place that I'd rather be than the altars. You know, it's, it just brings you up so far, so high, so fast, and in a mighty way. And and it's beautiful because there's always somebody there with you. And I can't stress that enough, to have somebody there with you. You know, you always hear about covenant partners. You hear on the TV evangelist, they go, oh, you want to be a prayer partner, send fifty five ninety nine, something like that. It, it doesn't, I, I'm not trying to talk bad about that. I'm just trying to say, have somebody with you. Be a partner. Don't try to do it on your own. Don't try to do it on your own. We know that you've got Jesus inside of you or you wouldn't be up here trying to do it anyway. You know, we're going to help you. We're going to do the best that we can. That's what this ministry is founded on. That's why it's called freedom. 
Because we want to bring that freedom into you, into your life. We want to bring it into your family's life. It's not just a name that was birthed out of uh, flipping to the right page. No, this church has prayed since the beginning. It prayed before the beginning. It prayed before the foundation of this church. That's how it was formed. You know, uh, you can get with Elder and Pastor Cindy and all them and figure that out. You know, uh, we know the story. Some of you may not. But anyway, prayer transition from one place to another that's what we're trying to do after we get saved you're not just sitting in the pew again you know you're just you're transitioning you're growing up you're maturing you're starting to eat a little bit of meat here so that's that's what that is and already so i've got this scripture here but i think i want to hold off on that uh till the end all right here's another little part trying to figure I know in my mind I had this all related to each other but right now I'm not so I'm just going to start saying what's in my notes and then hopefully it'll come back but uh we had the warrior school here not very long ago <clears throat> now if you're trying to transition if you're trying to get from over there to over here do you want somebody holding a Mountain Dew and setting flip-flops wearing flip-flops or do you want somebody that's armored up do you want somebody that's a prayer warrior that has on the full armor of God to get you from the jungles from here to there? I sure hope you do because if you're waiting on that Mountain Dew, he's going to drink it all himself. He's not even going to offer you any. You need a prayer warrior that, that can battle anything that is between there to here. You need somebody that's willing to lay their life down for you, to give their time for you. You need somebody that's willing to make a call during the middle of the week to come see you. You need somebody who's willing to get up in the middle of the night when you call them. I've heard so many stories of Pastor Sativa about how she's up in the middle of the night because somebody called her. That's who you want on your team. That's who you want at the altars because when you call her, she's going to be ready. That's what, that's what you need. You know, Pastor We'll be on our off days, and and Apostle's up here, and she's still getting phone calls. You know, we're we're eating ice cream, and the phone rings, and she may, you know, she's going to answer it, and then and then that starts. But that's okay with me because I know that somebody's getting transitioned. Sometimes I get upset. I'm not going to lie, but because I pay for that ice cream, and it might melt. But <laughs> but but in the end, she's actually getting somebody from here to there. It. And, and what's $2, you know, in the grand scheme of things, what's $2? Somebody gave me a $100 bill the other day, and I want to thank that person. I'm not going to call her name, but I just, I thank you, I appreciated it. And in my mind, it came out of something witty that I said. And then I said, I said to that person, I said, I was just kidding, don't do it. And he said to me, he said, I'm not kidding. So I said, yes, sir. And I, I took the money. And and I thank that person, but but know that your money. I don't want to. I don't want to say boastfully or anything. But there's a lot of money that goes out of my house into the church, into the church people, into the things of the church. And so when money comes in, sometimes I may use it for myself, and sometimes I may use it for the kingdom. But I promise you, I'm not just wastefully with it and I know my pastor pastor's not either pastor Angie and I don't say that to boast I, I don't even know why I said it I think I just wanted to thank that person but but anyway all right so we're going to move on to the next one but just remember there's warriors at the altar I don't want to I can't stress that enough there's warriors at the altar there's warriors in the church there's warriors teaching Sunday school there's warriors up here on the praise team there's warriors in the dramas there's warriors in this church there's and i'll just i'll just leave that there in the next section recovering sight to the blind well my goodness it doesn't get any more simple to preach on than that we always we all know what that is if you can't see one minute you can't see the next well you know god did something in you it wasn't me i i don't know any doctor that you go into his office and he says be healed and you know then you walk out Otherwise, he'd be flooded. That's got to be God. It's got to be Jesus working in you. It's got to be something just revelational. It's got to be an experience. Oh, my goodness. If you have an experience where you can't see and you can see, then you're probably going to come back to that place tomorrow. You're going to, as you know, they used to build altars all the time. There'd be a mound of rocks everywhere they went. You'd be like, I don't want to step here because there's rocks. 
you know, there were altars all over the place because something miraculous happened there, something that defined their life, something that made them want to stick around and see this place, something that made them want to remember that. And if I got, if I was blind and I could see, I would, re- I would want to remember the person that did it. I'd want to know where they lived. I'd want to know what town it is, the spot I was in. You know, I'd want to know everything about that because I want to, I want to keep that alive in me, you know. Uh, I'd be one of the one. I'd be one of the people that went back and thanked them for it. I'm not going to let that go lightly. My goodness. So we know people need healing, healing spiritually and physically. People know that they can be free from the aches and ha- aches and pains. Uh, all right. Let me go back to this scripture. If you go to Matthew seven fourteen. And, and forget what I just said. I'm going back to the previous part. We're, we're going back to deliverance of the captives. And I'm going to just read you what I've got in my notes here. I didn't want to miss that. But when the revelation, again, we're dealing with deliverance of the captives. But when the revelation comes that they are literally destroying their lives when they will begin, when they will begin running in the direction of Jesus. That don't sound right. That's not right. You're never destroying your life when you're running to Jesus. But I know what I was trying to get at. I'm sorry. When that person is transitioning, they're coming out of this here. Let's say it's an addiction. We've got an addiction ministry here. Let's say it's addiction. They're come, trying to come in out of something that they've done for so long, something that's got a hold of them. And that's, it feels like their life is just falling. It feels like they, they get shakes and shivers. It feels like all kinds of things that I don't even know about. But it's, it's hard on them to come back. It's hard on them to get out of there. And it feels like, you know, from what I understand, the detoxes, you know, you just shake, and it may last a couple days, and you're kind of out of it or whatever. It feels like your life is really going down. But in reality, it's coming up. You're getting so much higher. Now, and you wonder, because we all know that. We all know it's hard to get from one to the other. And uh, So, but, but why is it so hard, and why don't more people do it? If you know it's so simple, if you know that if I can kick these drugs, I can get a better job. If I can kick these drugs, I can renew my family. If I can just get off these drugs, I can actually stay awake for the daytime and sleep at night. If I can get off these drugs, my kids, will, they'll actually start to like me. You know, this, all these things. The reason people don't do this is in Matthew seven fourteen. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there, and few be there that find it. It's there, but it's not easy to get to. It's just not. That's why you need the altar. Because when something isn't easy, come to the altar. We don't have a lot of people in the world that are trying to lead them to that path because it says the path is narrow. So a lot of people that are trying to do this in their mind, a lot of the psychologists, a lot of the AAA people or something, you know, I'm sure everything is good in its own element. But if they're not leading you to that path, they're not leading you out. They're just leading you astray. You want to go down that path and you want to come out because that's what Jesus does. He delivers you. Deliverance of the captives, that's what that's all about. That's what it's about. Now, now then, I'll go back and recovering of the blind. We've done all that, and I just want to stop here. I'm gonna. I've got more stuff, but I want to give you one more scripture, and I want to tell you why I was reading, why we were reading that scripture, and we're gonna read it one more time. I'll read it to you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of the sight of the blind, to set, liber- to set at liberty them that are bruised. Now, there's more to that scripture, and I, I have more in my notes, but I'm not going to keep going because I'm going to stop here. The reason, we're, the reason we're reading that is because that's what we want to do after we're saved. You never, never, never want to get saved 
or get somebody saved and just have them stay where they're at. Never just sit on the bench. Never anything like that. And so I read this scripture because it's Jesus. And if Jesus did it, it's right. You know, you can't get any better example than Jesus. Don't look at me for anything I do because I'm liable to oversleep one day. Don't look at me. But, but can you match up to what Jesus did? Can you attain what Jesus did? Because that's what he's saying right here. Well, John 14, 12, that's the reason I said all this. Because verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Because I go to my Father. I'm going to try to read it with a clear voice this time. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that he believeth on me. The works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Because I go to my Father. Right there he's talking about me and you. And just leave that up there for a minute. Right now he's talking to me and you. Saying, hey, you're going to do greater works than what I did. Now this, this scripture over here that we've been studying on all day. That's what Jesus is doing. That's what he's telling us to do. That's what he did. But he's telling us we can do so much more. And that's why I read what Jesus did. Because that's the ultimate. That's, the, that's what you're trying to reach. That's the prize. And Jesus says you can go past that prize. Because he goes to the Father. And who do we go to? We go to the Father. So don't ever sell yourself short. Don't ever get saved or get somebody saved and let them know that they can sit in the pews. Because that's not what it's all about. It's about doing the works of the kingdom. There is something for each and every person here to do. There's something for Sister Sandra to do. There's something for Brother Ernie to do. There's something for each and every person here. So find out what that is for you. Reach for those heights. Don't settle, don't settle down here. If you start down here, that's great. If you end up down here, that's wonderful. But go where God has you to go. Don't just come in here and, and look at everybody else doing their calling. Strive for your calling. Strive for your, to do the works of God. Because that's what it's all about. That's where your peace comes from. You're not going to be in peace when you're running from God, when you're out of the will of God, you're not going to have peace. You're not going to be satisfied. The people around you are going to think you're grumpy. It's, it's just not going to go well with you. Take that step. Come to the altars and find out, God, what is it you would have me do? And you know what he's going to say? He's going to say, I would have you do greater works than what I did. So... So you can be Batman if you want to be Batman. You can be Superman if you want to be Superman. But whatever you do, whoever you save, give the glory to God. Because that's where it's at. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about the person next to you. It's about giving glory to God. So if you want to go a little further in Jesus, if you want to find your calling, just come on to the altars and we'll start praying. I, you know, just... Yes, God, because there's a lot that you can do. Some of you have been doing a lot already. Some of you will be doing more, and it's okay. If it takes you just a little time, that's fine. You don't have to be starting out the gate at the Indianapolis 500. It doesn't matter. But you will be doing what God wants you to do. If you seek his face, if you talk to him each and every day, if you just tell him, say, Lord, I see what you have for me, and I want to go there. If you say, Lord, I don't see what you have for me, but I still want to go there. It doesn't matter how you enter the gates. Just enter them with thanksgiving. Enter them with praise. Because God loves you. And God created you for a purpose and a time such as this. And if God created you to be on the praise team, then that's where you should be. Talk to Elder Dana later on. If God talked to you about being on the uh, intercessory team, talk to Sister Charlotte. If he talked to you about being on the uh, ushers and things, talk to Sister Monica. If he talked to you about pastoring people in another church, talk to Apostle Angie. If he talked to you about evangelism, talk to uh, Evangelist Timmy. There's, there's somebody here that you can talk to. There's somebody at the altars that wants to talk to you. There's somebody in heaven that wants to talk to you, that wants to live through you. He doesn't want to save people just to be saved. He wants to save them to be used by God. 
He wants your life. He wants your life to mean something. He wants eternity to come down. He wants you to live for eternity. He wants that destiny to carry on through the ages. He wants you to leave a legacy for your children. He wants you to just, oh, Lord, guide us in the right ways, God. Guide us where you would have us go to, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, we lift our hands to you, God. We lift our heads, God. We open our hearts to you, Lord Jesus. Tell us where you want us to be, God. Tell us what it is that we need to be doing, God. We go to you, God. We raise up our swords as warriors, God, and we come against the enemies, God. We come against the enemies, God. Oh, Lord Jesus, we come to heal the brokenhearted. We come to, to heal the blind, God. We Yes, God, we come to you, Jesus. We come to help your people no matter the need, God, no matter the want, God. We'll be there to help them, Lord Jesus. We come up, God, and we'll go to the nations to do it, God. We'll stay in CrossFit to do it, God. We'll go to Snyder, God. It doesn't matter the venue, God. We don't care if it's big, God. We don't care if it's small, God. Yes, God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the drama people, God. Oh, that you put dramas on their hearts, Lord Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, just tell him what it is. Ask him what it is. Whatever level you're on, let God know. God, I'm here, God, and I'm willing, God. Yes, God, use me, Lord Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossit.com.